Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome into the family room and welcome to Catholic Schools Week. We are excited today because we are going to talk to a number of different people about both their experiences personally at Catholic school, as well as um, their experiences as a parent sending their kids to Catholic school. But why don't we start, as we always do here in the family room, with prayer. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are our Abba Father, and we praise you for that. We praise you because you are also Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who provides, and you provide so much through Catholic education um, in our communities. Lord, we thank you for the great variety of types of Catholic education that we have, uh, the types of schooling that can meet so many different needs. We thank you for all of the teachers and the administrators who share the love of Christ with their students, who share their own personal witness as walking alongside you, who share their hearts and and, and who encourage transformation in the students. Lord, we thank you for um, all of the coaches, um, all of the um, parents who um, sacrifice as well to send their kids to Catholic school. And Lord, we just ask a blessing over all people who are involved in Catholic school. And we ask especially a blessing over all of our students from the very youngest to the oldest attending Catholic schools. We just ask that you would continue to be a, a light for them that you would be a lamp unto their feet and a light to their path that they would walk in your will all the days of their lives in your son's precious and holy name we pray amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen so as i said we're going to be talking to a number of people we get to hear craig's um story we get to hear john's story tiny bit of mine and we will also be hearing from a, a recent graduate of catholic high school who is actually um in a uh, university here in the southeast and what that journey is like for her and then we'll get to hear from some parents who've sent their kids to a, a good variety i mean most of us i think know about the typical schools especially if you're in the atlanta area we have saint pius we have blessed trinity we have marist um, and in addition you know we also have holy spirit prep our Lady of Mercy. We have Notre Dame Academy. We've got Christo Ray downtown. Um, we've got Pinecrest. We've got a brand new school, the G.K. Chesterton Academy uh, um, out in Kennesaw, St. Catherine. And then we've also got some really cool schools like St. John Bosco and Regina Chele, which are both the hybrid homeschool. And those are just the high schools. You know, in addition to that, we do have just quite a number of K through eight Catholic schools as well as preschools. So we are so blessed at this time and in this place. And so as parents, if you're trying to make that decision about whether to send your kids to Catholic schools, no matter what the age your child is, um, hopefully what we talk about today will give you some insights and some thoughts to answer your questions. So one of the people we have with us today, we are so blessed to have actually a Catholic school graduate. So all of you parents out there who are trying to determine whether to send your kids to 
Catholic schools or some of the different reasons that Catholic schools could be effective and helpful and impactful in their life going forward is um, it's really helpful to hear from somebody who has been through that process and who is living life. And so we have Emma Ferranti and Emma um, is currently a sophomore in college and um, she was very involved in uh, Catholic school life and her Catholic parish here in Atlanta. And uh, so we invited Emma to come and be with us and talk to us today about what that impact was like. So Emma, first of all, welcome into the family room. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you. And I wish our listeners could see Emma because her smile just lights up a room. It's so fun to have her with us today. Um, so Emma, you heard me say that, you know, parents are, parents need to make this decision. So from your perspective, what would you share with parents who are trying to decide about various reasons to send their kids to Catholic school? You're a former Catholic school student. So what are some of the things that, that strike you? I think it's cool to reflect on it only two years in hindsight, um, Having gone to Catholic school from kindergarten all the way through my senior year of high school, it wasn't something that I necessarily knew was such a blessing at the time. But now that I go to my Protestant school and I've been blessed enough to be able to incorporate Jesus into my education, as long as I've known, um, I've been able to really understand the benefit of not only the education, incorporating faith in the classroom, but also the community that comes along with it. Um, I think it's really special how Catholic schools, especially ones in Atlanta that I know friends have gone to, are able to not only teach you about the foundations of the Bible and the foundations of who Jesus is as not only a historical figure, but as someone who we get to know personally. And that was something that was really special for me growing up was, okay, when I hit the middle school kind of age and started going on retreats with my Catholic middle school, I finally began to understand like, oh, this Jesus that they tell me about is someone who's pursuing me as an individual. And that's a game changer for any young teenager who's having any sort of identity crisis. You know, it can be hard to kind of navigate your way through middle school and early high school years, not knowing who you should be or if you should listen to what people say about you. So that kind of place to root my identity was something that was a game changer for sure. That's amazing. So Emma, what's interesting about what you were just talking about was um, the Catholic community, you know, community, which is the base of our church, also finding your identity. Could you go in a little more depth into how you found your identity by being associated with Catholic schools? Absolutely. I think Um, A negative habit that people in our society can get used to is just learning for the sole purpose of getting a grade in a class and kind of accomplishing that to move on to the next grade level. And that was something that I saw amongst my peers of just trying to pass the religion class. And that's definitely a temptation just to move by and get things over with. Um, But something that I really appreciated within Catholic school was the conversation that was opened up about it's okay if you don't believe this like we're not saying that here's the catechism and you have to believe everything that falls in line with it it was just this is the teaching of who we know god to be and how he's revealed himself to us through the catholic church and here's why it's logical to believe this but like we'll meet you in the middle 
And so to be able to have those conversations, not only in the classroom, but then bring them home and it be a family dinner discussion that honestly didn't always close with positive answers, but was a way to more, um, yeah, especially when it comes to my brothers. We always have debates on particular doctrine and things like that, but just to be able to feel comfortable approaching adults about it was something that was super special within Catholic school and my church, and I was super blessed with how my parents have raised me in the faith. Um, But the concept of we love you as you are and come as you are, and this is how we're going to teach it, but we're not forcing you to believe it was something that I found a lot of rest in because it wasn't like, oh, I have to believe this to pass to class. But in learning more and more about it, I was like, oh, I want to do research on my own. Like, I want to study the Bible. I want to learn what the catechism says. And um, in the long run, it benefited me so much. I just can't help but think about the apologetics class I took my senior year. I remember there were some students who just thought it was the most boring thing in the entire world. And I would always play the devil's advocate and challenge my teacher because A, I'm stubborn, and B, I wanted to learn more. (laughs) So I would just challenge and challenge because I was thinking, you know, I'm going to a Baptist Southern University, so I need to be able to prepare myself and not just be equipped to have the answers and to prove someone wrong, but more so in testing those hard questions and saying, you know what, like, I don't have all the answers. That's when you find the truth. And then it validates your faith all the more, as opposed to if you were just to identify as being Roman Catholic and take the catechism, but not necessarily have personally um, adventured into why things are taught that way. I think it's equipped me to ask the hard questions and not be afraid to have my doubts. That's awesome. Emma, when I have a question because I've heard the conversation um, that, hey, when you go to a Catholic school, the whole concept of Catholicism permeates everything that you do. So pretty easy to understand that an apologetics class and a religion class would be, it's, it's Catholic, and it, as you said, it, it laid out the, you know, the catechism and the principles and so on. What about other classes? What about the more... I don't know if, if um, secular is the right thing to say, but what about physics? What about um, chemistry? What about, you know, social studies? Whatever the, the things are, is, is there truly a different atmosphere in a Catholic school when you study those kinds of things? Absolutely. And it's something that I was so privileged and blessed to have that I wasn't even aware of it when it was happening. But looking in hindsight, Um, talking with a bunch of more friends who went to the general public schools, I realized, oh, not every biology teacher opens their class in prayer. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that honestly, growing up, I didn't value as much as I should have. But there would be times that, you know, they would ring the bell at 745 and they would come on the intercom and give all the announcements, but then give a biblical reflection for the day. And I wouldn't think too much about it. But then it would reoccur in my own prayer life. And I was like, huh, that's not just a coincidence. Like the Lord knew that I was attentive to him that morning and like needed to hear what he was revealing to me in such what seemed to be like a general everyday setting. So that was something that was really special was the fact that um, prayer was something that was so habitual, but also it would push you. And also I thought it was so cool how in all of my classes, on Fridays, they would allow us to leave at any point if we wanted to go to confession or sit in the chapel. 
and that was something that I kind of utilized further on in my high school career when my relationship with the Lord was something that I wanted to incorporate in the classroom setting, whereas sometimes it can be intimidating for teenagers to be like, you know, this Jesus guy, he's actually legit, and he's pretty <laughs> awesome, because that's a bold thing to say. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it was just special that there was an overarching understanding that your time with Jesus is prioritized. And so, yes, it would take you initiating the conversation of, am I allowed to go to the chapel? But it was always a yes. Or you could just come into class late and tell your teacher, like, hey, I was in the chapel. And they'd understand. And that is a game changer to be able to, like, sit in the presence of the Lord and not feel like you're inconveniencing anyone. Um, Yeah, that was a big, big blessing. So, Emma, one of the things that you've mentioned, and Craig brought it up as well, was community. And for for me, when I look at you, I look at other young people I know who've been to Catholic schools, um, I think about how the heart transformation happened partly because of community, because of some really cool community opportunities you guys have, but also the community of you with your teachers. I mean, you you interact with your teachers, with your coaches, with your um you know, the people who might be teaching your art classes. I know you're an artist. Um, the people who are teaching, who are coaching sports activities, the teachers who, were, as John just said, are teaching biology. You're kind of creating a different type of community with them as well because you have your faith in common. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I think with anything throughout your life um, where you're handed a community, you get out of it what you put into it. Um, and I later on saw the fruit that had been blooming throughout my entire life of my elementary school teachers not only like stopping their relationship with me when I ended the third grade (laughs) but I've continued to like you said sell art throughout my teenage years and I do local craft shows at um, Catholic churches around the area and I would see my second grade and my fourth grade teachers coming to support me and just express the pride that they take in me um, and to be able to have those kind of role models who still invest in you, even when you're a young adult is something that is unreal. And now I'm friends with them on Facebook. And so it's super <laughs> cool to be able to look back and be like, Oh my gosh, they knew me when I was seven years old, yet they never stopped investing in who I am as an individual. And so not only that, but the community that's found within the Catholic campus ministry mm-hmm. that's accessible to us whenever we want. And the idea of as a school, you go to all school mass. Now, yes, it may be in the gym, it may be in the stadium, but the same Lord who's in the tabernacle is showing up to you while you're in a uniform in the middle of your school day. And so to be able to understand that, but it wasn't like I'm alone. I had friends at local public schools who would, you know, on holy days of obligation have to check in late to school and things like that. But to be able to know that it's something that the entire community and more is showing up to as parents are coming in, younger siblings are coming in, and it's something that unites everyone. I remember there would just be masses where I would sit in awe and you're surrounded by all your best friends and your teachers and your classmates. And I just start crying of being like, oh my gosh, Jesus, like, I encountered you on a retreat this past weekend with my church, yet, like, you're showing up to me in my school building. Um, And it's just so humbling to be able to say, like, 
wow, how undeserving, but like the only choice I have right now is just to receive. Um, so to be able to just like accept and receive all of that with just plain gratitude was something that was really special. And the Catholic school that I went to had various retreats and things like that, that left the classroom. It, it was a conversation that began in the classroom, but like I said, you get out what you put in. And so there were the resources that I had the choice. And sometimes I didn't always say yes, but when I did say yes, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been missing out this whole time. Like I should have listened to them. My teachers actually do want what's best for me um, and to be able to live into that and understand that these people aren't just people to get through the school day with, but they're people who want to walk with you and journey with you. Um, and even in my college years, like stay in contact with me and now go back as a chaperone on these retreats to pour into the underclassmen who I love so much. Um, it's really special to see them all grow as leaders. Well, what's special is actually hearing your story. <clears throat> You're a um, beautiful, unique young lady, and to have faith like that is incredible. Question is, since you are in a non-Catholic college, which I'm not sure there are too many Catholic colleges out there today besides Steubenville and a couple others, but um, how did your faith grow or how did the high school experience help you in the environment you're in today? Because it's college, and I know where you go is a little bit different than the big public universities, but it's still college. You still have opportunities for things. But you have a unique challenge because, and it's a beautiful school, um, but, you know, it, it is very Protestant, very Baptist. So how, how did all of this ground you in your faith so you could carry it forward today? I think the openness that my teachers approached, especially religion class with, of this is a discussion, it's not just a lecture, gave me the comfort and the confidence to, like I said, face those doubts and be curious and ask the questions and do my own research. And so I'd say my junior year of high school, I really, well, starting in eighth grade, but going throughout high school, I really started researching on my own, being like, this is something that you pick. These people are putting this faith and this teaching in front of you and it's your choice whether or not you want to take it and run with it or take it and study it just to pass an exam and so the freedom that was found in that of I knew plenty of people who didn't do anything with that information because there is freedom but I was like oh my gosh of course I'm gonna take this up like you're giving me the option. I'm so stubborn that if you tell me to do something, I won't do it. But if you give me the choice, I'll be like, fine, I'll just stop. <laughs> I am with my mom. <laughs> I'll be like, don't tell me to do it, but give me the option and then I'll do it. <laughs> um, so to be able to test the waters of doubt in that setting was something that encouraged me to do that and to not fear the fact that I'm a human. And so um, it was really cool as I was graduating, feeling equipped, but not that I knew every single answer, not that I had my debate tactics down, but I felt prepared. And honestly, coming to college, I have faced a lot of trial and a lot of, I mean, minor persecution. I mean, I'm not being martyred, but in a way there's like active conversations that sometimes feel like I'm being singled out. But the logic that I was equipped with I'm currently in a biblical foundations class. And so I say after and I talk to my professor and I'm like, hey, like you're a Protestant pastor and I'm a teenage 
Roman Catholic girl, like, let's talk about this. And so (laughs) the compassion, you have no idea the amount of conversations that I've had. I literally have all of my biblical foundations notes right here and all my notes that I'm able to research on my own. And it's such a gift considering I thought I was going to go to an SEC huge school. And then the Lord was like, no, how about a Christian school? And I was like, I don't know. And then I ended up here. Um, but seriously. He must have given you the option of still telling you to go. Cause if he told you, you probably wouldn't have done no, it. Right? No kidding. I'm like, why are you giving this option to me in prayer? Like, Ooh, I guess I'll follow the Holy spirit. Like, I guess that's a good option to go with. Um, but seriously, like there has been such grace and confidence and like unexplainable peace that I could have never come up with because I'm one of the most anxious people ever. And I hate confrontation, but I was met with people who have told me like, you don't actually think you're a Christian, do you? Mm. And so like in those moments, you have one of two choices. I mean, this goes for anyone, Catholic school or whether or not you're an adult, when you're being challenged like this, you have the option to snap on them and be like, what the heck? Why would you say that to me? Of course I'm a Christian. Or you have the chance to show compassion and teach someone. And so in this one instance, I like chose compassion. And I just thought back to everything I had learned. And like, how can I explain to this person who has like a particular bias that this is why I'm a Christian and this is why I'm a follower of Jesus. And I think that more than anything displays the fact that you are a Christian because you're able to channel the love of God. Um, and so just to be able to leave high school with the confidence that I don't need to know all the answers, but that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. (laughs) If you invite the Holy Spirit to move me well. Um, So, yeah, I just say like, there are truly like conversations that I have more than any time in my life ever that are so difficult, but so beautiful. And I'm able to credit it back to the fact that I was equipped. Um, And I didn't know it at the time that that's what I was being pruned for. Um, And, but I am learning so much in this season of life right now. And it's not that I know all the answers or have myself figured out or have a perfect phase. Like I'm so full and it's not even funny, but just to be able to invite the grace and then allow God to do all the heavy lifting has been something that every single day I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding right now? (laughs) I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. So it's been awesome. So listeners, if you've been listening here in the family room, you just heard um, Emma Franti share with us uh, her experience of going to Catholic school her whole life and how that's translated into her experience as a college student now. Um, I'm personally in tears, actually, as I listen to Emma, and I think kind of mic drop moment, if that doesn't give you every reason to want to run and put your children in Catholic school, I don't know what else would. Totally agree. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us here in the family room. Thank you, Emma. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So, John, you were both a product of Catholic schools as well as a father of who has sent his kids to Catholic schools. So what's your take on Catholic schools? Why, what would you tell parents when they're trying to make this decision? Well, I have from kindergarten to bachelor's degree, Catholicism in, in my education. And um, I will tell you that it has bent in in the best way and sometimes difficult ways pretty much how i approach everything um from our children's perspective 
We have three. Mm-hmm. Chris, our oldest, did not go to Catholic school because, very honestly, we couldn't afford it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so Chris went to public school but was very involved with us. We were doing youth group and different things at our own church at the time. And, and I am a firm believer that I, or Barb and I, not this Catholic school, we're the ones responsible for our kids' education and Catholicism, and, and that's more than just school, right? But uh, Chris did not go to Catholic school, and then the two girls did. Um, uh, Susanna and, and Rebecca, from middle school through high school, uh, went to Catholic schools. And um, it's, Chris is awesome. He's a faith-filled man. Uh, he and his wife uh, are practicing Catholics, and more than just practicing, they're, they're living it. Um, it's an honor to be around them. Um, Amber actually converted to Catholicism. Uh, <clears throat> before she married Chris uh, on her own. It wasn't like, okay, you got to do this to get married. This was her decision. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think being around Susanna and, um, and, and Rebecca, I see how they assess their work scenarios. I see how they deal with each other as family. And um, it's, it's clearly um, their Catholic education is clearly there. I'll tell you a couple of things that I thought, and, and, you know, we had a chance to talk to Emma mm-hmm. and, you know, I asked her that question uh, about, you know, does, so Catholicism it per- permeates everything. And, um, and it does not in like, okay, th- that there's um, everything has a reference to the catechism or everything has a reference reference to some biblical thing. No, there, but there are fundamental principles and core values that are uniquely Catholic and those kinds of things um, permeate everything. I remember my dad even telling me, so like, so when we had the birds and the bees discussion, mm-hmm. my father was the one who did that, right? Uh-huh. And so he kind of took us through a, a, a book that was very good, kind of talked about everything. And he said, now there's one thing missing from all of this. And we're like, that was pretty complete, dad. What's missing? <laughs> uh, he's like, God, it's God. What, what's God's role in all this? And how does all that work? I see that in our kids. Mm-hmm. They, they have that element and they make decisions and, and they're fiery sometimes uh, in the best possible sense about uh, defending their faith or, or preaching their faith. But they also have a uh, compassion that mm-hmm. I think um, I, you got to give some of that genetics to Barb, right? Because there's just something that comes genetically. <laughs> but, and, but, and she also mothered them, right? But, um, but I think um, I, hear, I hear it in their thinking. I hear it in their conversations both the passionate ones and the tender ones. Um, and I attribute it to that. Mm, that's Part of it to that, for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that witness. Thank you. Thank you for being with us so far, listeners. And please join us in just a few minutes here in the family room as we continue to talk about Catholic schools. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on The Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 
innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. So today in studio, we have got a couple of Catholic parents who have sent their kids to a variety of different Catholic schools. So we would love to hear from them. So we've got John Henry Spann and Janice Givens. So welcome into the family room. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Super pumped to be here. That's great. So who, Jan, ladies first. We'll go <laughs> ladies first. So Janice, what's your thought when, you, when we're thinking about what is it that parents need to know about Catholic schools and when they're trying to make that decision, why do I want to send my kid to Catholic schools? What kind of advice would you have for them based on your experiences? Uh, I would say it's the greatest gift you ever give to yourself without knowing you needed the gift. Mm. Like, yeah, like I, when we were thinking about um, (laughs) homeschooling, I said, no, 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 you know, and so we decided to pray and fast. And then when we did, it was clear a couple years later, it was clear that all of a sudden God wanted me to homeschool. And so I went and told my husband and he's like, oh, yay, I've been praying about that. And I'm like, great, because <laughs> I knew who was going to be doing the homeschooling. But after you get involved and you get involved in your kids' lives and you get to sit there on the couch and read these great novels and you get to hear about these discussions and you get to, you know, hear theological discussions, it's it's truly, it, it did something to the whole family, the hybrid homeschool model that I wasn't expecting. And yeah, just it's the big, it's the best gift that God ever gave me, and I never knew I needed to ask for that. And that's very cool. And I think a lot of Catholic parents don't even realize that we have an opportunity to do hybrid homeschool because usually you're hearing about our Christian brothers and sisters in the Protestant faiths who have 
homeschool or hybrid homeschool, but right. we do have a great Catholic hybrid homeschool yeah. option here in Atlanta. Yeah, we went through the Regina Chaley Academy mm-hmm. uh, program for 10 years, and mm-hmm. the community um, and the, the amount of amount of people that are still in our life that were there or the weddings that we're going to or the people that hang out in my family room over <laughs> Christmas break that were met or live in my basement, you know, that are all Regina Chaley Academy people and it just it is more than just schooling it's a whole community and it's a lifestyle Mm. and it's a lifestyle of you know lifelong learning and just loving learning to love your faith and and express it in joy what i love about what you're saying is that you as a family all together yeah we're growing and growing in your faith i would assume oh definitely definitely i learned so much about my faith through my kids i wasn't raised with a lot of catechesis and you know we did a lot of felt banners and stuff (laughs) but i didn't know about you know, like the things, you know, you might say something like, well, whatever you throw out a question and one of my kids will go, well, mom, here's really what's going on. Or here's what went on through the history of the church. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. It's interesting too, because, you know, having gone to both types of schools, you know, my son was really geared toward the St. John Bosco model. He'd get up and be like, I want to get going, mom. Can I get my studies done? Which is very helpful. Well, my wife was never set to teach. She was like, are you kidding me? Why? I don't, I'm not going to do that. I can't do this. And it was marvelous. The, the bonding between the two of them during right. that period of time was incredible. Right. Um, and, it, you know, look at it. It's, it's another one of those things that financially it's, it was an option. You know, it's not just about the education. It was a financial decision for us at that point in time. And it was a very affordable one. Um, still made a sacrifice, but it was affordable. Mm-hmm. And, um, at least our experience was great education and we love the hybrid program quite honestly because then you could have a governor with the teachers yeah. there kind of saying hey let me help you learn or saying hey you're going to need some help focus on this the next right. day or two that you come out so yeah, i thought it was fantastic yeah. well and I'm, I'm obviously biased in favor of the hybrid system as well working at st john bosco academy but i yeah i loved what you said it's almost the the best of both worlds in some ways where you have this time at home one-on-one with your child because you know you are the primary educator of your of mm-hmm. your child, right? Your mm-hmm. teacher isn't. And no matter how much I love your kid, I'm never going to love them like their parents do. I'm never going to know what's best for them. But the great thing about the hybrid system is you've got these days in class where feet are kind of held to the fire and mom and dad know we have to get to this metric by this day, yeah. right? So we have to move at a certain pace, but you're still getting all that time at home. I have I have three daughters and a son, and it's great to be able to say to my son on those home days, all right, you're getting real antsy right now. And I know that you're not feeling <laughs> like doing math or whatever. Whatever you're getting bogged down in, but hey, there's a there's some squirrels outside in the tree. Why don't you go get the BB gun? Go outside, shoot a squirrel. You can get that thing or whatever it is, right? Go go get your go get your your energy out, and then come back in and let's and let's reassess. Totally, I've, we've had many days like that. Mm-hmm. And my kids are now in college, and so I always I thought you know in third and fifth grade when we switched over, I thought, am I going to ruin them? You know, my because mm. uh, they're t- some of the people that uh, are are weren't as excited about the opportunity. We're saying. You know, you you can never come back to regular school, and they're in college, and they're doing wonderful, and on dean's list, and so I I didn't ruin them, which yeah. is good to know. Well, <laughs> well, that's a big deal though, because a lot of people view homeschooling uh-huh. as the very odd parents, the very odd right. kids, right. and you know you're not going to be you're going to be socially awkward, you're going to be all these different things, yeah. and um, you know. You're going to get that in any school. You're going to have an awkward person in a school. It has nothing to do with the homeschooling. And I think the maturity a lot of those kids have is different than 
some traditional schools because you are forced to get it done on your own for the most part, even though you got a parent sitting there, right. you got to get it done. But what John Henry said, I wanted to bring this up as we're talking about Catholic Schools Week. Um, Catholic schools are the foundationally incredible, but it is us as parents. We're the ones. Mm-hmm. Let's not send our kids to Catholic school thinking they're going to get this formation that I don't have to do my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, and don't get me started on that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I do no. want to throw out a, an anecdote. Now, I guess I've gotten myself started on that. Um, I was having a conversation with a, with an older gentleman who had grown children not too long ago, and he was talking about how his, students, his children had grown up and they'd abandon the faith, right? And he kept coming back to, and I sent him to 12 years of Catholic school. And you almost want to grab him by the collar and say, that's great. That's good. You need to do that. But catechesis starts at home, right? We can't be sending our kids here assuming that they're going to, that these schools are going to do everything that we're supposed to do as parents, because no matter how good the school is, the parents are always right naturally ordered. It's their role. It's their job to do that. And one thing I love about Catholic schools, one thing I love about these hybrid schools in particular is that you're in a community that is uncommon. I don't want to use the word weird because I think it's normal in that the vast majority of humans for the vast majority of history have lived in these communities with people who share the same values and the same morals. But you're, you're in the classrooms, your children are in classrooms with other children who have families of the same background, the same morals, and they realize, oh, we're not weird. We're mm-hmm. not we're not the only people in the world. My mom and dad are the only people who think like this, who take mm-hmm. the faith seriously. I'm surrounded by all these other quote unquote normal kids who like the things I like, right. who also are primarily striving for their salvation. Amen. Yeah. 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 Preach amen. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you are. You're putting me in a, in a foundation. Everybody says, you know, Catholic tools aren't perfect. You're right, 100%. There's problems in every school, but foundationally, once again, you can go in and not be afraid to say a prayer. You can go in and not be afraid to talk about God or be in that kind of a situation. And again, as parents, we just got to pay attention to where the best fit is and what's being taught there, because not all schools are created equal, whether they're public or Catholic. And I think you just need to find out what's best for your family. And I think going back to our topic, I mean, that hybrid homeschool program, I think it's a great opportunity because, you know, a lot of people talk about the money, right? That's where we go first and foremost. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. Until you turn around and say, uh, what's what's my return on this investment, right? I'm going to do it on my stocks. I'm going to do it in my 401k. But am I doing it in my kids? Am I going to look down the road and say, what is this investment? Even if they walk away from the faith for a period of time. Right. Proverbs, train up a child in the way they should go. They'll never depart from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So parents, once again, here's one more opportunity of something to look at as far as Catholic school and all the different reasons that um, you might consider it. So hopefully there was something in this conversation that spurred you or sparked your heart, sparked your interest to learn more about Regina Celli or St. John Bosco or some of the other opportunities that we have for Catholic schools here in this area. So Yeah, there's another one, um, Sacred Heart Online. Let's see, S-H, Sacred Heart Online Homeschool. And it's a very small one, but it's budding, and it's in the south side of Atlanta, but it's online. So they have students from all over the country. That's so awesome. That's another option. Well, too. and if we're doing if we're doing quick pitches for other schools, <laughs> one that I have nothing to do with, but I'm a big supporter of. I know Kennesaw over there, St. Catherine of Siena. They've oh, yeah. got a uh, uh, a Newman 
the school a uh, Chesterton Academy. Oh this, yes, that's opening up yeah. soon. Yeah, Father and Neil. I am. I've been blown away with with that, and I love being able to sit here with Janice, who sent her kids to Regina Chaley, and Craig, who sent his kids over to BT, and all the. You know, we've got Pinecrest. We've got all these schools, right. and yep. we were saying on air earlier, we're not in competition with each other, no. right? What we want is our kids to grow and love their faith, right, and to understand that the the goal is we always say heaven, not Harvard. Harvard's great. Get there on the way. But most importantly, salvation <laughs> mm-hmm. is what we're after. And whatever whatever that looks like, I I just can't emphasize the importance of making that investment in your child and their salvation through their schooling. Great. And I, I'm not sure if this is appropriate, um, but we also get to see a ton of young adults on Honest to God. Mm-hmm. And you can tell the ones who love their faith. Absolutely. And it's there's a lot of common denominators in Catholic school that they went to Catholic school, specifically hybrids, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So listeners, keep tuning tuning in, um, and you just heard Janice mention Honest to God. It's another one of our programs here on The Quest, and we'll be talking more about that on a Family Room episode um, soon. So we'd love for you to tune in and learn more about that as well. So, John Henry, thank you for your insights. Janice, thank you for your insights. We are so glad to hear from you and to be inspired. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Nice to be in the family room. <laughs> So we've been talking about Catholic Schools Week, and it's really important to hear that there are so many different types of Catholic schools out there. And I think one of the things that we want to make sure that everybody understands is that there are a lot of choices. I know, Craig, your kids have gone to a number of different types of Catholic schools over the years. Yeah, right? no, we, we were at a, a Dominican school in Birmingham, Alabama, run by the nuns. So mm-hmm. they had that. Or my daughter had that advantage. Um, they were both at Pinecrest for a while here, and then... Um, Frankly, economically, it worked out or didn't work out. I had to move Christian over to St. John Bosco. Mm-hmm. And each one, you know, it was a great experience for its own reasons. And, you know, it was great. We, we enjoyed every one of them. Yeah, that's great. I know growing up, I had nuns. That's a pretty cool experience. Not many people get to experience that anymore as much. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because you hear all these horror stories about, oh, these nuns did this and that. I never had that experience. Yeah. And if you've ever met the Dominicans, they have a joy- joyful constitution. That, yeah. You know, from the 80-year-old nun to the 25-year-old nun, they're just beautiful people to be around. We had a great experience. Yeah. I had the Sisters of Mercy. They were very joyful as well. They were wonderful. Welcome back to our discussion on Catholic Schools and Catholic Schools Week. Uh, We're blessed here to have a couple that has eight children. Joining me today are the Dins. I have Nan and An Din. Welcome into the show. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Sure. We've been talking about Catholic Schools Week. You obviously have um, a number of children what is it that drew you to have your kids join and, and be a part of a Catholic school? Um, the Dynamic Catholic did a study that uh, of years back uh, of thousands of parents, and they found that out of a hundred parents who go to Catholic, who go to church regularly on Sunday uh, and have their kids baptized, by the time they were confirmed, there were eighty-five kids that are still going to mass regularly, uh, but uh, when after they graduate from college, that hundred only fifteen remain faithful to the Catholic Church and go to mass regularly. Uh, and we, as youth leaders, we've been youth leaders for over twenty years, um, and we've seen this statistics play out over and over again. And we've seen so many heartbroken parents with older kids 
um, who come back and, and, and tell us, you know, their kids don't go to church anymore and they don't believe anymore. So the, what we found is there are two threads that tied the kids that still live their faith um, after the college and those who don't. Number one is your their parents live their faith actively at church. Uh, and the second is they have friends who also live the faith. And so as a statistic shown and we've our experience shown that, you know, the odds are against us, our kids living the Catholic faith after they graduate from college. And so we want to do everything in our power to uh, help us uh, help our kids uh, live their Catholic faith and instill a sense of Catholic faith within their life. And that's why we, we send them to Catholic school. It's a major piece of that. And a major investment. All these Catholic schools are not yes. inexpensive. And <laughs> you have six of them, is that right, in school? We do have six of them. Well, do me a favor, first of all. Give us the ages of your children. You're testing me out. <laughs> we have uh, we have a 13, 11... Eight, six, five, four, and uh, 19 months. And uh, six weeks old. Oh, and then six weeks old, baby. Let's not forget the new one. (laughs) Um, So beautiful testimony on a family living out their Catholic faith. So we, we, on this show, appreciate that because it gives us hope that people are still willing to live their faith and um, not be afraid to be the odd people out when people look at you like you're crazy. How in the world can you have... Uh, eight children, and then let's not forget, you have two children in heaven. That's right. Which is a blessing as well. We have, you know, brothers or sisters praying for. Yes. Uh, just because I'm curious. So how do you stack up? How many boys, how many girls? So we have four boys and four girls, evenly. So you yes. plan that, right? You, you made sure you, you figure that one out? We told Jesus we wanted <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want, I want four and four. And, yeah. and I would assume then you have five and five, given the two in heaven. So, yes. Um, but we're not done, though. <laughs> whatever God will bless us with, we will. I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> Our producer Dave's looking at me like, oh, my gosh, he, he hesitated for a second. Well, again, God bless you guys. And I know when we were involved, there were a number of families, quite honestly, a couple that had 13 kids. Yes. Another one that had 11 kids. What a blessing. So from your perspective, what's been the experience for you and your kids, do you think, being in Catholic schools? Um, for us, not all Catholic schools uh, are uh, the same, and not all of them are uh, the same level of faithfulness to the Catholic Church. Uh, but we love Catholic schools, and our children come home singing Tantum Ergo instead of the latest <laughs> pop culture song on TV, right? And, and they get weekly masses, regular adoration, confessions, retreats. They basically they, they live the faith every day. Um, and so their their faith formation is incredible, and, and we love sending our kids there, and we can see it in their faith formations. And can you see how they interact with other kids? Yes. the the um, I mean, they, they are ways ahead when we go to our church and they go to the Sunday school at our church. They're ways ahead of the other kids that uh, go to public school. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, we, we talk about Catholic schools in general, and uh, there are blessings, even though the theologies may not all be 100% right. the way they should be. Um, they're still better than a secular view that doesn't give you any opportunity. Exactly. And the universities have certainly proven out that 
you know, you can say you're Catholic, but you're really not. So yeah. I think that it's important that parents really pay attention to what's being taught. You can't just blindly say, so. well, this is, you know, a particular kind of a school and I, I can accept that. You need to be involved. And I know we haven't really talked about this, but what's your faith like in the family? Like, what do you do within your family? Because you're the number one teachers of faith. Right. It's not the school, even though you gave a great example, you really are the lead. So how do you handle eight children <laughs> trying try to bring up the faith in your family? By the grace of God, <laughs> um, I mean, Valid. The, we've been youth leaders, so we've been blessed with that experience of organizing and teaching. Um, that that experience really came in handy, and we we really struggle. But at home, we pray together every night. Uh, we sprinkle uh, saints' book around the house so that they pick up and read, like the comic books in particular. They love oh, those. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, the, the comic books are saint books. Yep. Um, um And so at night, we have family prayer. At night with all the kids, uh, we have a prayer room that, that they go in and pray. And so we, we try to figure out ways to uh, bring the faith in, and that's that's a challenge for us, but bring the faith into the everyday life of our family. That's great. Yeah. How would you describe it on? Is it put chaos? Is it easy? Is it just, you know, we got to put the effort in? What are your thoughts? A lot of um, efforts and a lot of prayers on me for um, to have the wisdom to raise them in a Catholic faith. And we, and especially on, on the way to school, we have the same stories that I play for the kids on the way to school. Right. And so they listen it to over and over so that hopefully one day is um they be inspired in. to it. Yeah. yeah. Inspired to live out like those things. That that was one thing my mom gave me as a gift is basically she always encouraged me to read saint books and that has always inspired me. And so we we try to get the saints slides who are uh, you know interesting for for our kids. Now, that's great because I know we've, uh, on the family room, we've had discussion with another couple that, um, you know, how do you integrate your faith in an everyday circumstances? And they talked about, you know, either doing the gospels in the car, yeah. saying a decade of the rosary, whatever, because your kids are there with you, right? And to your point, um, non, you said that it's integrated into the everyday life, right? It's not just right. you go to school, you get it. Right. You go to mass, you get it, but you try to live it in the house, which is awesome. Yeah, one of the podcasts that on mentioned is Saint Story for Kids, and they tell very interesting Saint stories. I didn't even that that, where do you get that one? Uh, Apple Podcasts, really, and, and whatever Spotify. Saint called. Stories for Kids. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, given your um, background of being Vietnamese. Your country kind of has a history of saints and yes. martyrs, given things that you guys have survived there, right? Yes, very much so. We we have 118 canonized martyrs, but during the 1800s, we had over 30,000 Catholics martyred uh, for the faith. And my my unbelievable my great grandparents live in the village that had people that were martyred. I, I haven't traced back long enough to know whether my ancestors were, were part of the martyrs, but they were definitely persecuted. And there was a big devotion to Our Lady, if I remember you talking about that. Yes, uh, Our Lady of Lavang in particular. Um, okay. she, w she appeared during the 1800s to comfort, comfort the 
Catholics that escaped the persecutions. Because Vietnam, South Vietnam is very Catholic. Yeah. Well, both North and South. Okay. Yeah. Um, Spurs throughout. Okay. Yeah. And I only bring that up because oftentimes out of tragedy comes deep faith. And it sounds like that's been passed down to you from your ancestors and, and yes. your parents even. And that's going to be another show, hopefully, on The Family Room. We'll <laughs> talk about your experience in um, in South Vietnam. But staying yeah. on track with Catholic Schools Week, um, I mean, we I said it when we first started, right? This is an investment. We're not talking about just, well, that's I'm right. writing a $500 check, quite honestly. And... At least at back in the day, you really didn't get much of a break for multiple kids in a lot of the Catholic schools. <laughs> That's right. And I'm not, and it's not a slam, but it's like in order to keep the school running, they need to pay for right. it. And that's a heck of an investment on your part in six children. Yes. So why don't you talk a little bit about that investment and what your thoughts are on it and even an encouraging note to families about, you know, making that investment. Well, for us, the rule of thumb is um, whoever spends the most time with our children has the biggest influence. And so they spend 30, 40 hours a week at school and another 20, 30 hours on TV. You know, how much of that time do they spend uh, immersed in the faith? So, you know, for us, we don't want to be the parents who later on our children, you know, move in with their boyfriend and girlfriend and stop going to mass. We don't want to be the one that has the, the regret of not doing our best to get to help our f children being formed in the faith. And we, we joke around with each other that, you know, uh, if we just sent them to public school, we'd have a new Tesla every year. <laughs> <laughs> a brand new Tesla. A brand new year. Tesla every year. So we do feel overwhelmed with the financial burden at times. Um, but what helped us is to take it one year at a time. And we pray for God to provide, and we ask our kids to pray for for God to provide. And so far, He has provided. But definitely, this time of the year where we're discerning next year is the most stressful time of the year financially for our family. Now I get it, but it's a beautiful testimony to your faith, though, and a testimony to really trust, right? Trust in right. God that He will provide. And look at the beauty. We talked about it in another um, segment on Catholic schools. You also have St. John Bosco up there that if that's ever an option and you can afford to yes. do it with eight eight kids. I, I'm, I'm looking at your wife because she'd be the one that'd be teaching them. We did. We did. Oh, well, well, you did? Okay. We, we, did, we did have, uh, when when John Paul, our oldest, started kindergarten, we did try St. John Bosco. Okay. But we have discerned that homeschooling was an our calling vocation <laughs> okay. is hard yes now that's good so discernment trusting in god all beautiful that's messages right. and we appreciate you joining us for a discussion on your experience in catholic schools so appreciate it thanks for coming in yeah thank you for having us thank you craig sure Listeners, thank you so much for joining us as we talked about Catholic schools. And join us again here in the Family Room next week, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.